We're back at uh, the Eagles Nest Radio Series after a long hiatus. Hi, it's uh, Stephen Brophy, and uh, we're on to episode 11. And uh, you might have to bear with me this episode as I kind of shake off the rust uh, here a little bit. And uh, to help us return from the long hiatus, it's uh, Greg Shannon from 840 CFCW. How's it going? It's going good. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, so you, you ready to jump into episode 11 of the radio series? Yeah, it's a lot of pressure, but uh, let's see <laughs> what we can do. All right. Uh, so, Greg, how long have you worked in radio? Uh, a little bit more than three decades. I took a bit of a hiatus. I started in 1988 and took a hiatus in 2014 for three and a half years when I went to work at Red Deer College and uh, tried a new career in fundraising, professional fundraising for a post-secondary. So that was great. I learned a new skill set. And uh, then CFCW in Edmonton came a calling with Jackie Ray. She's pretty extraordinary. We had a little conversation. Would you get back in? I said, yeah, I don't know. It all depends on where. And she said, how about CFCW? And it is called Alberta's Country Legend for a reason. It's Mm -hmm. an extraordinary radio station, very unique and very beloved by generations of listeners. And uh, that was my initial concern is because a lot of the listeners are older and the fact of the matter is, is that their kids listen and then their kids, kids listen. And it just, it's always fulfills itself, like regenerates the audience just by the nature of what type of radio station it is. It's all family. Right on. And that's, that's a perfect assumption in my mind of uh, CFCW. Yeah, you're bang on if that's what you were thinking because yeah. that's what it is. And... For sure. Uh, so, Greg, in your time in radio, how many stations uh, have you worked? Uh, okay, i got to count them all because I, can, I can't remember that. But first one was St. Paul, Alberta. Then I moved to Prince Albert, Power 99 FM, my mm-hmm. first Rocco station. And I was doing the night show there. And about three and a half months later, they moved me to Saskatoon to do uh, late nights and then all nights. And I was so good at that. I got fired after a year and a half. I was so remarkable as a performer back then and uh, scrambled to get a job. And I had an interview in Calgary at all hits AM 106 and an interview in medicine hat at CHAT, a country station. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I ended up working for Jay Hitchin at chat radio 1270 CHAT and uh, really learned a lot. That was kind of like my formative education in country because Jay was an audiophile, real musicologist and historian of of radio and country music, and he taught me a lot. And uh, then I left and went to a classic rock station in Calgary (laughs) just because I wanted to get into the big market. So I sent out tapes and I got a job at the Fox in Calgary and that was short lived because they changed the format in about, I'd say it was there for a year and a half maybe. And, uh, I begged Jay to hire me back and he just had, just happened that he had an opening for the afternoon drive show. So I went back to be assistant PD or uh, music director and afternoon drive. I believe that's a long time ago. That would have been 1992, I think. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, I read the record trade publication before the internet. We had the record and RPM and that's where all the job ads were. 
and I saw this intriguing ad that said, wanted quick-footed personality with love of country music. And it didn't say where it was, what it was, or anything. So I put together an air check for my afternoon show, and I sent that along with a picture of a gag I was doing at the time where I was Donut Man. Every day I would deliver donuts dressed in the superhero costume with leotards and yellow satin shorts and a cape that my one of my listeners made for me. And I sent him this picture of this crazy outfit. And lo and behold, next thing I know, I'm on a plane flying to Toronto for an audition for a nationally syndicated show called Today's Country. And so I ended up getting that and hosting that show for five and a half years based out of Toronto. Uh, and then that was ending. So I flew my way into CMT as a TV host for two years on the CMT request line, which was based out of Calgary at the time at Shaw Court. Mm-hmm. And then it was a year in the morning show at Sun FM, and I did voice track the afternoons on the, the country station in Kelowna. Then that opportunity uh, suddenly ended, and I ended up in Kamloops to launch B100. It was a long-standing heritage AM station called JC55. Mm-hmm. And uh, we flipped it to FM to B100, and uh, that stayed country for about a year and a half, and they flipped it to Hot AC, kind of classic hits-ish. And I was there for a little bit longer. And then Jackie Ray called. And she hired me to host the morning show in Edmonton at 96.3 Big Earl, mm-hmm. which is uh, the studio that I'm in now at CFCW was one studio over right next door. Mm-hmm. And I did that show. And I think we got Tara Lee and I co-hosted the morning show. And I think we got, uh, I'm going to say 18 months, but I, I don't remember. And then they flipped the format and let us all go. So I ended up in Medicine Hat at Paul Larson's The Lounge when he just started that. So I was morning guy in PD for 10 minutes. I think it was like three and a half months, something like that. And I was away from my kids. My wife was here in St. Albert, just North Edmonton, still had her teaching contract and we were trying to make ends meet. And so I had to drive to see the kids and Teresa every, I don't know, every couple of weeks. And when the opportunity for Red Deer to be that much closer, like an hour and a half away, I jumped at that opportunity and, uh, it just so happened that Tara Lee was the co-host there, so we got our old show back, and we had a pretty good run in uh, Red Deer and won Citizens of the Year. We helped launch Ronald McDonald House, and we really, really had a good run and worked with some amazing people in the building and out of the building in the community. And uh, so that was Red Deer, and then uh, I went to Red Deer College from there in 2014, and then... I've been here. It'll be five years in February. I've been doing the morning show with Stella Stevens at CFCW. So I lost count. I don't know how many. That's quite a few. Right on. That's awesome. Uh, so tell us about your current role at CFCW hosting the morning show. Uh, it's it's a great opportunity. It, it is what you make it like every other show in radio. And keeping your your mental health strong and your attitude and your positivity up is the hardest battle you ever face as an on-air performer, as far as I can tell. I mean, we all have technology challenges at different phases of our careers and different stations and all that stuff, stuff that can get under your skin. But at the end of the day, you're a one-to-one communicator. And when I first got here, I was so nervous because it was such a huge radio station. And Stella 
Stella has now been at CFCW for 15 years. She just had her anniversary a couple of weeks ago. And uh, she knows, she knew the stationality inside out. She knows the listeners inside out. They love her. And I'll tell you this, for the first, I'm going to say year and a bit, year and three months maybe, every time I dance with the phone, hi, CFCW, hi, is Stella there? Because <laughs> oh. our listeners are loyal to a fault, and they didn't like the new guy. And I was the new guy for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, I took that as a, you know, a challenge in one way to get accepted by the people. But also it's just the, the reverence for this station is always in your heart because you know how these people think about it. You don't mess with this station. This is their station, not ours, right? Yeah, for sure. Uh, so when did you decide that radio would uh, be a good choice for you? Uh, I went to ag college in Vermilion, Alberta, and it was a two-year diploma because when I got out of high school, I had no direction, no plan, and I didn't know what I wanted to do. I grew up on a on a grain and cattle farm just on the edge of Saskatoon, and uh, my older cousin, Ken, from Spearwood, Saskatchewan, was going there. Mm-hmm. And he said, you got to come to Lakeland, man. It's easy. There's girls everywhere. There's like, it's not hard. And so Ken had lied to me before, but this time I thought he was, uh, he was for real. turns out he was lying. It was harder than (laughs) I had a 67 average school and I had to do genetics and all kinds of different courses. Mm -hmm. So once I realized that if I wanted to stay in these co-ed dorms and have some experiences, I had to buckle down. So I went to the library every day after class and read all my notes from the front page to the back. And that's kind of the only way I learn is by rote and by repetition. So I managed to get an egg diploma, but towards the end of graduation, I knew that I wasn't a farmer and I, I really would bankrupt my dad's farm if I took over for him. So I just happened to be, back at home on the farm for maybe it was a couple of weeks and my buddy brian who i graduated high school with was in this course in saskatoon at western academy broadcasting college and he would come to my driveway and we'd sit in his car and have a beer and listen to these air check tapes on cassette of the show quote unquote that he did that day in class and i go you know i think i could do this this sounds pretty cool so the next open house i went to in uh, after christmas and I got accepted because they took basically anybody who was standing up and breathing at the time. And uh, I got into the school, and it was a three-and-a-half-month crash course in radio and television arts. And then a three-month practicum was attached where you'd go work for free at a radio station. So that's how I ended up in St. Paul. And I was working for free for three months and had three roommates so that we could survive. And I begged them to hire me at the end of my practicum. And John Cartwright gave me my first chance. He was the program director there at the time. And, and, uh, he, I think he liked my work ethic and thought maybe there was some potential with me on the air that I could do something. Eventually it was definitely not then, but that's how I, I got my start because somebody took a chance on me. Right on. Uh, so Greg, in your time in radio, what has been your, your favorite, uh, promotion? Oh, that's a good one. I, you know, we've done, a, like every other radio guy that's been in it for a while, we've done some crazy stuff. But I got to say, there was two that stand out. One was when Tara Lee and I hatched a scheme in Red Deer where I would, uh, we bet on what song that Gord Bamford would perform on the Canadian Country Music Awards. And 
you know, she picked one song and I picked uh, Blame It On That Red Dress, which was the kind of the fading hit. So I kind of knew he wasn't going to do that in the award show. He'd, he'd do the new single. But I was willing to take that, lose this bet. So I lost this bet on purpose, basically. And to pay up, pay up I had to wash his tour bus in a red dress. And so it turned out to be an event. We had the fire department in Lacombe there and all these people in a parking lot. And uh, Al Riddell, our news guy, who was it was Greg Terrelly and Al was the show at the time. And uh, I made the mistake of letting Al put on my makeup. So he put on lipstick on my face and I look like a psychotic version of the Joker from the Batman uh, movie. And uh, I had this cocktail dress on and I did it. I watched that whole bus top to bottom. Even the fire department put me on the roof of the bus on the, on the lift. And after that point, it was the same thing. I was, I was taking over for another guy named Greg. So it was Greg and Tara Lee, but it was Greg Johnson and Tara Lee. And Greg went to Fort McMurray so he could kind of start over at the beginning and learn the art of being a program director. Cause that's the direction he wanted his career to go. And he's been a successful one ever since. But, um, we had to do something to differentiate the Greggs and let people know what I was about and everything. So that cemented us in that town that put us on the map. And we started to really, really gain some ground after that. And the, the other promotional was one that we just did recently during the pandemic. And my wife and I were driving and my buddy Kelly from Huendon, Alberta, a little small town, Alberta, he's a farmer. He was on the phone on the on the hands-free there and we're talking and somebody cut me off in traffic and I got and I started gripping my teeth and and we were all talking about lockdowns at that point and I said right right about now I'm looking for a lockdown because I have had it with humanity at large mm. and my wife is so pure she's a grade two French immersion teacher and she's just always like a sunny bright ray of sunshine in the room mm-hmm. and I said I'm looking for a lockdown she goes with you looking for a lockdown with you so we thought oh that's a song title that sounds good so i pitched it to the, my co-host stella and i said we should write this song and why don't we have some fun with it and write it on the air as an experiment so we got troy cocal and joni delorier who are a couple in calgary and they wrote shane yellowbird's pickup truck and they've written and produced for lots of people they're extraordinary mm-hmm. very funny people and very accomplished musicians and singers in their own right so we did this series of songwriting sessions on the air with the listeners and just had fun with this thing. And uh, after the first one, I said, uh, Troy said, well, so like, what do you want exactly out of this? And I said, okay, just a verse and a course is good, man. That's fine. I don't care. We're just trying to, you know, bring an end to the bit. And he goes, when do you want it? And I said, is Friday too early? And this was Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> he goes yeah okay and uh, you know I didn't really know Troy that well at that point we just had to hit it off at an award show once and we knew what we were going to be fast friends and everything but I had no idea what was on this guy's plate he is incredible the amount of work that he accomplishes on a regular basis but in his background he was a project manager for the construction industry and stuff so he was very good at processing a lot of information collating forming a plan Mm -hmm. and making sure the deadlines were met right yeah so i kind of knew that part of it and uh i thought okay this is my guy so anyway that friday they performed the song we tape it we air it for the listeners it was unbelievable way beyond my imagination of anything we thought produced well sung well funny 
and I go, oh my God, this is tremendous. So we started playing it, you know, semi-regularly a little bit for the next little week and a half, two weeks. Yeah. Then I started talking to Troy off the air and I go, you know what? I think we could take this further. No, no offense against your version, but why don't we get some stars involved? So we got Aaron Pachette, Dwayne Steele, um, Troy and jo- Joni were on it, mm-hmm. and Michelle Wright and Amber Marshall from this CBC TV show, Heartland, which was like a rabid following fan base. She's just a monster on social media. Just incredible. So they all sing on this. Troy arranges, records all the sessions, gets everything done. Uh, you know, we get Bob Funk involved and Patricia Conroy's husband in Nashville, and he cuts the tracks with Michelle. And we just make this song. And then we debut that song. And it was epic. So then we go, okay, well, this is pretty good. What good could come of this? So we connected with unison which is the benevolent fund that's national in canada that protects artists and musicians and people who work behind the scenes in show business and canadian show business if they get covid or if they're displaced out of their workplace like most musicians were they provide a fund to pay some bills and help them through it so we ended up selling downloads of the song for five dollars and we did some on-air auctions to do a private zoom party with with the stars of looking for a lockdown with you. Um, and we sold out a, a, on a live on air auction and all that. We ended up raising with some outside contributions and a, and a great donor, Craig Senek out of Calgary, who loves country music, $10,000 we raised for the unison fund. That's awesome. Wow. So, and, and, you know, from my standpoint, I mean, it did a lot of good and stuff, but as a radio practitioner, just showing how far you can take a bit was probably the biggest most prideful thing and Stella too you know like we just had a tremendous amount of pride in the fact that we created something that involves so many people it put some musicians to work now if Stella and I could ever do the paperwork and figure out how to sign up to SoCan because we're writers on this song we would be getting paid because <laughs> <laughs> they know like Troy and Joni have a, a duo called Scarlet Butler that's their new entity they got their new song Vacation coming out right away and uh, they performed this song quite regularly. And we playlisted it for a while, and uh, some other stations in Canada played it. We tried to keep CFCW's name off of it and our name off the songwriting credits when we launched it because we knew that, you know, competing companies like Rogers and Bell might not play it just because it's a Stingray initiative with Greg and Stella. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, yeah, it's like I said, it's as far as you could take a radio bit, and we ended up winning. A country music alberta award for the song for songwriters of the year <laughs> right on for sure yeah. that's that awesome classic. yeah uh, so greg what uh what's your favorite inter- interview been um i'll say uh man that's because we've done lots of show business people but as far as country goes i'm gonna say uh, garth mm-hmm. because in the mid nineties, we had Garth on the show. I was doing there at Craven Aid today's country. And, uh, we won a New York festival world medal for the interview with Garth. Yeah. So that's, it always sticks out as it was uh, like, we were sitting knee to knee on us on stools in front of a 250 seat live studio audience. Mm-hmm. And Garth has that electricity and that charisma and he's larger than life really. And, uh, 
it wasn't really anything I did. I got the benefit from that moment in a big way just to, you know, to win that award and go to New York City and then cruise the Hudson Harbor and drink scotch. And all of a sudden we get this award for this interview. It was crazy. And uh, Garth just, you know, it's pretty much autopilot. It's pretty easy to interview Garth because there's no downtime. There's no ums and ahs. There's just show business all the way through. Uh, so um, what has been your most memorable moment on the air? Most memorable moment on the air. Boy, you're hurting me today, man. Did I mention <laughs> I got up at 3.30 this morning? Uh, most memorable moment. Well, there was a memorable one when I was on CMT because my son Sawyer, I got the call while I was taping the TV show. <laughs> <laughs> I had to leave the, the request line show and, and, uh, and we had midwives for three out of four of our children. So I had to race home to the neighborhood in Calgary where we lived because my wife was giving birth to our son, our first and only son in, uh, in our bedroom at home with a midwife. Oh, okay. So that was pretty memorable, I'd say. Mm -hmm. For sure. What do you think, uh, Greg, is the most interesting thing uh, about the radio business? Most interesting thing is because every day is the same but completely different. You've got this mm -hmm. framework to deal with. You've got to get the commercials in and all the sponsor mentions and the liners. And you got to play some songs. But... It's how you manipulate those puzzle pieces, add in the listener components through the phone lines, put in your own creativity, have your conversations that hopefully will resonate with as much of the audience as you. And we miss sometimes, but we really hit sometimes. And the goal is, is to be 100% perfect, but that's not real life. And mm -hmm. what I love about it is you get the next chance the next day, in many cases, unless you get fired or whatever, but that happens sometimes. Yeah. But you get a you get another shot. It's a it's a clean slate the next day, and you start creating all over again. It's like taking Legos out of the box with your grandson. You don't know what you're going to make, but you know you're going to make something, and you're going to have some share some special moments. And uh, I really like that. The other thing too is I'm a dinosaur. Like I I a two finger typer, but new technology and software keeps coming at us all the time, and you got to learn. You have to learn it. You don't have an option, right? Mm -hmm. So you got to, I think it's good for the brain because it keeps your brain ticking along, right? And the other thing about radio is there's generally a, a component about helping other people. The whole goal is to get people off on their day on the right foot when you do a morning show and then keep them happy the rest of the day with what everybody else is doing. And uh, there's a certain amount of satisfaction when you finally have the epiphany. And for me, it wasn't that long ago that I realized that I am doing something worthwhile with my professional career, because especially I think it was the pandemic that made me realize that radio is a pretty essential service as far as mental health goes mm -hmm. and your own personal health, because, you know, you get to do something fun every day and you know that if if you're doing your best, you're probably making a lot of people smile on the other side of the radio and be able to get through their day. That's right. Uh, so Greg, if you, uh, weren't going to be in radio, what was your next choice? <laughs> Brain surgery. Um, I want always wanted to be a private investigator, $200 mm -hmm. a day plus expenses like James Rockford. Yeah. Um, 
but I, I actually, for a long time, I, I had a private investigator license because my second job off the farm, first one was Domino's Pizza, making pizzas, and the second one was Flamin' Security in Saskatoon. I was a security guard. Mm-hmm. And when you got to be a security guard there, they gave you a private investigator's license. I think they're a little harder to get now, but I always thought that ID card was cool, and it was like, yeah, this could be in my fallback career. I could be Jim Rockford. That would be a cool little thing to have your own uh, private investigator card. So. <laughs> yeah. And you know, like there's lots of, you know, I follow indeed.com for all the jobs because I've got four kids and everybody, you know, I'm always trying to help them look for a different opportunity if they're not where they want to be. Or, you know, sometimes we think that they're not where they should be. And there's lots of opportunities out there and there's a lot of private investigator jobs, but now hmm. you got to have this license and it's a lot harder than it used to be. I think. It's like getting a class one. My my dad never had to take a test to get his semi license. He just had it, and it was grandfathered in, so he never had to take a test because he got it so early. Right on. Uh, So um, what is one thing you would like to tell anyone out there who's looking to uh, get into the radio business? Uh, Just talk to some mentors. Talk to some people like you know, if it's one thing I lacked early on, it was mentorship. And uh, I kind of found that a bit with Jay Hitchin in Medicine Hat at my first country station, and that kind of relit my fire. I was always pretty self-motivated in radio and studied air checks and, and ordered away for videos and traded cassette air checks of other disc jockeys from, you know, Rick Dees in Los Angeles and Scott Shannon at Z100 New York and everything. And I emulated these professional world-class broadcasters and in fact that's what got me the the job in uh, calgary at the fox is because i was pretending to be a smooth disc jockey which i'm really not i'm just you know an everyday guy that happens to talk on the radio but i put it on as calgary's classic rock 1140 the fox because i heard all these guys on these tapes that's how they sounded so i tried to emulate them so emulate people that and follow people that you like on so it's now easier than ever because of social media you can follow the greatest of the great and you can direct message them and if they're radio guys i guarantee you that 99.9 percent of them will get back to you and help you like mm-hmm. and that's me included if you send me a message say listen to my tape i'll listen to your tape and try and help you along and uh you you probably should go to school i don't know if it's a thousand percent necessary if it depends on how you're wired if you're good at hustling and you want to get involved it's hard to do volunteer work anymore because now it's all an insurance issue for having interns or or unpaid staff in the radio station because of the pandemic and all that it's not like it used to be so your best course of action is go go to some type of broadcast program and we have a great one here in edmonton and Nate with some real pros and Western Academy, Don Scott, uh, his son is now basically being groomed to take over the whole school, but Don is still there overseeing everything. And that's that WABC has turned out some pretty world-class broadcasters that are all over Canada and major markets, including mm-hmm. on TSN and CTV and, and all the top radio stations in every market. And it's just old school grassroots learning and practicing because you got so much studio time at WABC that you could make all these mistakes and get critiqued and, uh, and get better. Right on. Uh, so Greg, I'm a lot of questions for you. Uh, do you have any questions uh, for my end? 
yeah, I think I filled up the internet with my beautiful voice again. Uh, <laughs> no, I appreciate you having me, and uh, it's a real treat to get to talk about what you love to do. And radios, it is a passion. So if you if you're gonna pursue it, I think you'll know it in your gut the second you're exposed to what it what it is. Like I was with Brian listening to the air checks in the car. If you if you turn down the music sometimes and then turn up the disc jockey, you're probably got the sickness, and you're probably gonna get into this. Um, and there's nothing you can do to stop it. It's like being a professional p- hockey player or anything. It gets in your blood, and then you or farming. It's an addiction. Mm-hmm. I do that sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I did that to my wife on our first date. I shushed her when the uh, DJ came on. I was trying to listen to 6:30 Chad in Edmonton, and she started talking right when the song ended. And I go, and she goes, "Did you just shush me?" that was not a good moment and she brings it up quite often actually right on uh so um i'm gonna stay on the line uh for just a sec and uh yeah you betcha thanks a lot uh, for coming on the podcast it was uh, greatly appreciated yeah well thanks thanks again for having me i appreciate the time and uh look forward to listening to all the back issues including the jackie ray episode right on and uh also, too, before I let you go, uh, congratulations on uh, Radio Station of the Year at uh, the Canadian Country Music Awards and the uh, Country Music uh, Alberta Awards. I appreciate that very much. I'll pass that along to the whole team. And uh, it is it is a team that makes it all work. And uh, the sound of the station is very important to all of us, and we all protect it. There's a guy, a buddy of mine named Marty Stevens. He's the retail sales manager, but he's done everything at the station. He used to be the promotions manager and everything. And he grew up with this station. And if you do something that doesn't sound like CFCW, he'll text me immediately. <laughs> go, hey, don't mess with my station. What are you doing? So it's great to have watchdogs and police like that involved because it keeps us honest and keeps us true to the format and keeps CFCW intact the way it's meant to be. That's for sure. All right. Well, thanks again for coming on the podcast. Have a great day, man. Yes, you too. I'll get you to stay on the line for just a sec. You betcha. That was Greg Shannon from 840 CFCW in Edmonton.